and welcome to the Vassals of Kingsgrave. We're back this time around with the Amber Crumb Boys to return to the First Law. And also maybe Amber will join too. We'll see. Um, so the First Law, the grimdark fantasy book series written by Joe Abercrombie. This time around, we will be reviewing and discussing the third book in the Age of Madness trilogy, The Wisdom of Crowds is the name of the book. My name is, as as Brett has dubbed me in our show notes, Zacharis, also known as Alias, on the interwebs. And joining me, we have... I'm Lord Marshal Brett, also known as White Raven, on the interwebs. Alakus Kwai, Mage Initiate, <laughs> also known as Lucky Charms on the Discord. Or Alex, too. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Greg, uh, Greg and Hollowhead, who I don't remember from the book, but I'll take Brett's word on it and close the fool on the forums. Cool. And we may have Amber Dan Gorst joining us at some point. <laughs> I really hope that someone reads these books that actually listens to this, because that's really, that's a quality one, Brett. Really appreciate it. Oh, yeah? You think so? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's top tier. Get them all. That's my name. I like them all. They're very, <laughs> I don't know that one. It's tough to it's, pick them I don't know who they are either. And oh. definitely I will be mispronouncing all the names as I did last time we did this. So that will be part of the experience. So let's get into it, I suppose, with our spoiler-free reviews and ratings of this book, of The Wisdom of Crowds, the last book in this trilogy that we've been reading for the last few years. Um, I'd say let's do what Kernsbix autoerotic decapitation devices. That's what they're called, right? <laughs> So let's go. I, I would rather not because I don't want to say that mouthful. <laughs> All right, whatever uh, item or person or thing. I'll just call them devices. <laughs> whatever you prefer, out of five. <laughs> what did you, what did you think read of this book? Um, I'm on the fence with it. I'd like, I want to say like a three and a half or a four, but that's more like my slight disappointment in the way the whole series ended. But I don't think this sure. book was bad. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, and I, we'll talk about kind of how it. It functions as a totality after we get through the book itself, and I think that'll be an interesting discussion by itself. Uh, what about you, Alex? What did you think? Yeah, I'd say 3.5 as well. Um, enjoyed enjoyed definitely this and uh, Trouble with Peace, but um, after how strong a little hatred was, uh, just feeling kind of whelmed. You know, not disappointed, not ecstatic, but just whelmed on both of these books and <laughs> sure. still mulling over my feelings on this trilogy as a whole. Fair enough, fair enough. What about you, Gregan? Uh, I kind of do the same thing. Like every time I'm reading one of these books, I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Oh, my God. And then I forget about it when I'm done. <laughs> so sure. like in the moment, like when I was in it, like I was it was like a five because I I literally wanted to sit in my car and keep going. But then when it's done, I'm like. Uh, it didn't really like. I didn't like the ending that much. I like little bits of it, but overall, I did not like how it ended. But I assume there's more books, which I know there is, so it, it makes sense. But I'll give it a, a pretty much the same as you guys, like a three point seven five. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna be a little more harsh. I will give it a two point five autoerotic Kernsbeck engine device decapitators. <laughs> um, I did not enjoy a lot of this book. I mean, I, I. Like superficially, I always enjoy. I just like. I just think Joe Abercrombie has a really nice writing style that he has gotten better at over time. The line to line moments are always really good. The dialogue and everything like that is always quality. Um, and as always, I enjoy the characters. But in this book, I thought the characters were 
almost you know there's a few except exceptions but almost uniformly i was disappointed with what the characters got to do in this book i thought the book was really slow for most of it and a lot of the time the characters were just basically sitting around waiting for things to happen which i i don't like in general and i i did not enjoy in this book and i did think it was kind of a just a, a limp finish for this trilogy like you were saying alex i really liked the first book a little hatred and i just think like we didn't get to do as much as we could have and while there's some really fun moments especially at the end i just i don't know it just really didn't do it for me and we'll we'll all elaborate more on why that is with the different characters and what i thought was disappointing about each of their stories in some cases but that's basically the my overall feelings on it it just was not what i really wanted and i thought it was just wasn't as inspired in the same way as some of the other stuff that we've experienced throughout this whole first law mega series that we've we've been going through I kind of feel like it's kind of like the second book of a trilogy where it's a bridge book where you don't actually sure. expect anything to be finalized. And it's just like a meandering moment in the story, it feels like. And being that he's already planning on more books after this, he never really sewed this one up, which kind of disappointed me. He did, but he didn't at the same time. Like the first one had a the first trilogy had like a very clear ending to me. It's like yeah. everything kept going, but they, they pretty much bookmarked the end of it. This one, it was like. Yeah, there's going to be more. Just wait. And that, that kind of... It, it almost made it so he didn't have to do a strong ending, I think. I totally agree with you, Brett. Like, I I was complaining to Zach uh, immediately as I finished how the, uh, the like, prophecy tease at the end annoyed me so much because it was <laughs> such a... Uh, uh, aren't yeah. you excited for more? <laughs> it's like, you don't have to tease yeah. me. Like, the first trilogy has nothing like that, like... It is a discreet, complete story for those characters, and like that's it. No clue. But I just think he he wrote all those books and released them all like after he wrote them all, and I don't know <laughs> if he ever had plans to do anything in the future with those characters or that world because he didn't know how it was going to pan out. So he like had to almost write a finish. Where now he's kind of in the point in his writing career where he's like, they're going to let me write as many of these books as I want. <laughs> Yeah. I think I think the issue isn't so much that for me that well I do think it's an issue that it doesn't feel like a complete like bookend but it also I don't mind him setting stuff up for the future but I just felt especially with that prophecy thing you're talking about Alex that it's it's just kind of forced right it's not organic that the nature of the setup it doesn't feel like deft or clever or sophisticated the way that he does that it just feels like okay I need to keep people engaged with this this universe so i'm gonna throw out some stuff like it, it it's just not the and it's fine like i i'd like that and i like speculating on that stuff and i'm i'm excited to see how it pans out but it's just not it's just not the most quality way that you could present that kind of thing i thought the cheese with bias oh we have shit are we past the spoiler moment <laughs> sure yeah we're, we're past the spoiler moment officially okay yeah. i thought the cheese with bias at the end would have been enough so I do like that, and I'll talk about that when we kind of get to that that part. But I do think that's pretty clever, specifically the ways that we're kind of on Baez's side now. I think that was very well done, the way he kind of turned the tables with that. Because Baez, for most of this story, has been the guy we hate. Ever since we kind of saw his true colors at the end of the first trilogy, we're like, oh man, this guy is the worst. <laughs> like, one of the worst characters. Like, every character. Yeah. Like, every character has, like nobody's a hero nobody's i mean there are villains but they're not like really villains they're just their point of view is what it is and it, it's 
I just love all the characters anyway, so it doesn't matter to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I just, just want to read more. Oh, I will definitely read more. I'm not saying I've been put <laughs> off on it. I do think there's some concerns, and we can talk about this also later, of like... And I felt this way for a while, honestly. Like, we're just kind of spinning the wheels a little bit in this world. Um, but, like I say, it's fine because I enjoy the mo- the moment-to-moment so much. I enjoy just being with these people and, and seeing the shit that they get up to. So, it's fine. <laughs> I will say this trilogy, it definitely reified for me, like, Joe's strengths as a writer are are suited to the standalones, like... I have a discrete, like, one book. These are the characters and story I want to write and not string it along for a trilogy. Like, I'm so excited for, like, what sorts of genre trippy things we'll have in store for the, like, uh, you know, an Oliver Twist in the First Light universe or something. Yeah, I get Um, what you're saying. Like, they're they're different. Like, he, he, like, has different feels different genres yeah, like, yeah yeah different genres like he might write a horror one or something and you're like mm-hmm. whoa that'd be awesome fucked yeah. up yeah i think i tend to agree with that idea right like his the standalones have been the best in my opinion of so far of the nine books that we've had um and i think that it'll be exciting to see how he approaches that with the next three which is what we'll be getting next and if he really does do a final trilogy i'm interested to see how he kind of wraps up the whole thing but i can't see him wrapping it up without going way into the magic sense which he's kind of avoided thus far i mean there's a little bit but it it's almost like in the background and not in the forefront for the most part i do think it's possible for there to be sort of those kind of elements of it that remain unanswered or at least aren't fully contextualized and given a bow tie but but definitely we need something like i think there has to be some kind of conclusion to the bias sort of like shadow war thing and how that's going to end. Like, I feel like that needs, needs something. I don't know though. He's definitely does. He tries to break from some of the conventions with that kind of thing. So it might not be the case. We'll see. I mean, I think there's lots of ways it could end up being satisfying, but we're a long, long way away from that. (laughs) We'll see. At least it feels that way. (laughs) There's going to be trains. Of course it'll be satisfying. So, you know, there's trains coming. I can't wait for the trains. All right. So let's jump into the POVs here. I did this, I ordered this the same way we did with The Little Hatred, where I want to kind of hit the the smaller POVs first, and we'll get to the bigger ones later. So let's start with with Gunner. So for me, I literally don't have anything to say about Gunner. I literally do (laughs) not not have a single thing to say. He, He was the same person at the end of this trilogy as he was at the start, and that's the point, I guess, which is fine, but I just don't have anything to say about it his part is the part that frustrated me the most because that part felt like you were just spinning wheels it's like you were using his eyes to see how bad everything was yeah and it, it i didn't need him i guess is what i'm saying yeah and it felt like an obligation just to have him because he was a part of the trilogy so let's include him but didn't do anything really <laughs> he went nowhere yeah. he really went nowhere yeah any other thoughts on gunner <laughs> <laughs> no, i like i have no spot for you know people wearing glasses so i oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're scraping the barrel on this one. <laughs> i still enjoy it. like there was no character like game of thrones had those or song of ice and fire had certain characters that when their chapters came up i was just like oh another one but like i don't really have that with any of these because yeah. it was just the pacing is always so fast even like gunner's chapters it was just like the level of blood and awfulness happening was like after a point, it was it almost felt like nothing because like oh well, nine more people got kicked off the top of the tower like so what? 
but <laughs> we all knew what was happening. Like, he was a good man. We know he's a good man. He's going to, you know, he's going to do the right. I think so. I don't know, man. Yeah, I would say, you know, he's the kind of guy who justifies to himself that he is good, but at some point you have to judge a person by their actions. And, of course, he's kind of trapped in a bad situation, and that's what life does to you, right? It it forces you to do things you wouldn't want to do out of desperation or just your circumstances, and that's what's happening to him. But I, I think if you were just evaluating him from the outside, he's he's fundamentally not, not a good dude. Yeah, and I, mean, I mean, like, he loves his family. Like, he went through a lot of shit in a war. Like, I take that all, you know, like... Yeah, he's a soldier, he's a brute, and he tried to, like, be the good family man, and, you know, Judge was right. She was like, I see you, I know who you are, I'm going to use you for what you are. And, you know, that's what he was for a while, and he, you know, and it's, it's that it was Sabine that actually kicked him out of it, not, Trick got him out of it, not not his wife, even though he thought it was. Um, but if you put him in, like, a juxtaposition with Shivers, like, they're kind of the, the same type of guy. That's true. They both wanted to be better. And Shivers got into some shit just like he did. And Shivers got himself out. And I guess it was Ricca that really pulled him out of his state that he was in his whole life. But you would have thought that his family would have done that for him. But they really don't. He, he thinks about it when he's with them. He's like, I should be better. But then as soon as he walks out, he turns back into the same dude he was. All right. You convinced me. He's a bad guy. <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's Fuck his glasses, Greg. <laughs> glasses suck. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I have stigmatism. I can't wear contacts. I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's kind of similar to Logan too, and and in some ways Logan has the same problem where he really can't escape who he is, um, and that's unfortunate. But it's sort of like more justifiable because it's like some like condition he has or something. Like he just can't control. I don't know. But well, Shivers kind of had that too, though. He went through that too when in um he like went through the whole. Almost like a bloody nine thing. Yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. He saw the great leveler in one of his visions or whatever. I guess, yeah. And he's like overcome it. Yeah, and and Logan really kind of didn't. I'd have to revisit Red Country. I, I know he does bad stuff in the book. Oh, he gets yeah. taken right over. Yeah. He, he goes right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's hit Clover, another character that I really just don't care that much about personally. <laughs> he feels like, like a. Like he's probably my favorite. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I'm happy for you. <laughs> <laughs> I will say most of my fondness is just from Stephen Pacey's delicious line that, reading. It also the accent and just okay, the way yeah. he, yeah, that may be it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, for me ultimately he kind of feels like a composite, uh, sort of like Gunner of more interesting characters. At the end of the day, um, and I don't know it. It'll it could be very interesting, and I will say this was my my favorite scene of the book. His last scene where we meet. We meet Baez um, and uh, his wards that we have, and his involvement in that, if he continues to be the POV with that in some sense, in some way, I think that could be cool. But again, he's kind of just like you were saying with Gunner, Brett, he's kind of the window into that stuff. He's not what makes it interesting. But he does, I think his banter is more interesting, I guess, whereas Gunner doesn't. Oh, I agree. He's he's more fun than Gunner. I just don't have many feelings about him. (laughs) He's a pacifist. (laughs) Totally. He's actually the polar opposite of gunner gunner's always looking for a fight even though he pretends he's not whereas he's never looking for a fight but is ready for one if one does come along yeah he although he's had, gonna avoid it every way he can he did have that little bit where like he didn't go into full like logan mode but when he was being pushed you know in that one scene like you saw him you know because he was oh, always yeah. it's there and he's he healed it's, it's like it's, it's not just me the surface it's way down there but it, when it was forced to the surface like you saw a glimpse of it and i really i, I really like that do you think he would have beat him if he hadn't got a shot 
Uh, probably not. Huh. Maybe. I don't know. He probably would have done something sneaky, actually, though. <laughs> I like his old crew. Oh, the yeah. whole shaving. He's with, uh, what's her name, Shala? Like, that was, uh... I tried to, because I've been trying to get Casey to read the books. So, like, there's this really great character that you'll really like. She's really, you know, she's a badass female character, and she's just really the cheese. Awesome. I love <laughs> the cheese. just like you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you I like Gutter because he wears glasses, so there's clearly something there. We're simple people. <laughs> That's a pretty small small role for her to try to get into the books just be like who's this person you're talking about don't worry she shows up like a thousand fifteen hundred pages maybe (laughs) (laughs) and maybe shows up for ten of them you'll see (laughs) (laughs) any other thoughts on clover i just i think most of it's the banter in his scenes i just enjoy i I just think joe does a great job with banter between characters like the dialogue is fantastic and that is a great spot where it really shines don't dispute that at all. I don't know where I saw this on Westeros.org, but someone described the future as as him being the the evil Obi Wan Kenobi to this evil Luke Skywalker, like r- raising the sequestered away, like hidden the or just Darth Vader. Mm. <laughs> does this does this kid ever get a name? I, I don't can't believe he gets a name. Think. I, I've seen like like names the fans have given him, but I don't think the book actually gives him a name. Okay. Yeah, we'll see on that. Yeah, but so I, I'll discuss this here because I think it's it's the most relevant part of the part of the whole thing. But I really like how by putting Hildy with um with Clover and with Baez and this whole situation over here, like we because we like Hildy and because we like Orso we are now kind of rooting for these people, right? We want their little plans to succeed, even though we know Baez is a really bad dude. But we're but so... is he any yeah. worse than Glocka at this point? Right, so we, we're kind of turned against Glocka, and we're really turned against Leo because of everything he did in the, this series. We just hate his ass, and we want vengeance. <laughs> he convinced me. Except for that one moment when, when he's talking with Rika, and he's like he realizes that everything bad that happened was pretty much Savine's doing. And he's like, well, shit. And then he has to be an asshole because he can't help himself at this point. But you realize in that moment, he's like, oh man, I could have been better, but then goes right to being the dick. Yeah. I I, kind of understand. And we'll get to this more with Leo, but I understand how he got to be the way he is. And I think, I think like I've read some comments about him in this book and I think people don't really understand what, what he's about and we'll get there. But yeah, I, I, I'm really excited that, that, Sorry, I jumped the gun. That's fine. It's I'm gonna so be. Passionate. It's all mixed together, right? So it's gonna it's gonna <laughs> happen. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm really excited to see how Joe continues this aspect of it with with Hildy and with the unnamed son of uh, Black Calder, um, and to see how we like to see if that continues that we continue to be to to be on their side to be um, engaged in what they're doing. And I think especially like Hildy's the, the linchpin, right? Because we really like Hildy. She's really fun. Yeah. So we want to see what she does, but maybe at some point that will turn again. Do we think this kid's mother is ever going to matter or do we even know who it is? Does it even matter? I don't know. It's not like, I don't know if you're saying like, there's like some like bloodline thing. <laughs> coming to play. No, 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 no. Uh, Nothing like that. I mean, who knows with Hildy? Maybe she could be a bastard of Giselle, and they, or he's going to set him set her up as a uh, bastard. Of Giselle. I'm just I re-listened to our like theory part of a little hatred. I was like, I was proposing that Hildy was Orso's daughter. 
<laughs> I was like, what was Could I be. thinking? I mean, yeah, it's actually plausible, like time wise, as I was saying at that point, but I don't know. He'd have to be pretty young. <laughs> yeah, but he was, he was, uh, as I said at that time, he was definitely getting down at a young age. Uh, and now he's down forever. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, all right, so Vic. Vic was kind of a stealth MVP, actually, for me over the course of the whole series in this book. <laughs> She did everything the reader wanted her to do. <laughs> yeah, like like Vic, I don't know. Like, yeah, Vic was just firing on all cylinders. And at the start, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to be interested in this. But the way that she navigated the very tense moments um, where she has to try to outsmart or at least stand up to, like, really powerful and dangerous people um, that she encounters over the course of it. Like, of course, in the last book, we got to see her meet up with Shanked and Vitari. And that's cool, of course, to see those characters. But to be able to kind of be able to hold her own in that situation was very impressive uh, and i just really enjoyed her i just thought that her whole arc really worked for me like she is a character for me who i'm just happy with this in this trilogy like by itself i thought she had a really nice arc for what she was given especially the ultimate betrayal by tallow i think that was just like exquisite abercrombie twist of the knife stuff mm-hmm. right like that's that's pure abercrombie right there because we don't really don't expect that like i didn't expect it maybe you guys did but i thought I did not yeah i thought that was really effective um, and I just, I don't know, it just, it, her ending was satisfying, like, she's gonna go live in the, in the far countries, and, I don't know, it's just nicely packed, simple Maybe. character arc. Yeah, if she makes, I don't know. But, but it was good. What do you guys think about it? I hope her? she does come back, because I enjoyed her character. Yeah. And old. how, like, the broken road that led her to where she was, is just crazy to think about. So, so her father, Septon Teufel, was yeah. only arrested because he was going to be put up to be like the next council member by whatever the fuck the other dude's name was. The one that was against the, the one before Glocka. Archlector Salt. Archlector Salt. Yes. (laughs) Nice pull, Greg. Thank you, Greg. So, so the only reason why he was, he was, he was like the master of the mint or something like that. And they convinced Pike to betray him. Well, convinced him. Yeah. Well, use that convince pike to betray him to to make him to get him out of the picture and send him to angland so that's the only reason why she was there was because of well because of salt but because of glockta and pike and she's they're the people that she was taking the orders from which is kind of fucked up yeah i don't know if she knew that necessarily i mean she did know that glockta was the reason she did she was there yeah i think like it's so cool with with that whole situation and also with Pike himself, like to see like how those characters that we met in the first book that Gladko was interrogating, like all weave together into this all the way into this. And I think that's just something in general that I enjoy in terms of the continuity of the whole, the whole thing is to see how that, that keeps coming up and keeps like, like the sort of the decisions that have been made in the past do have these, these long lasting consequences. And Vic is definitely has been a great vehicle to explore that. Definitely subverted my expectations where I don't want to say I, I wrote off her character arc, but my gut feeling was that, oh, this will just be, you know, a female version of Galacta who will be beaten down and interpolated into this, like, cynical lifestyle and just become the new Arch Lecter. And then to refute all of that and just leave was very cathartic. Um, if that's where she ends up... I- I feel what, like she'll be back. What are you thinking, Brett? Where do you think she's going? I, I know I do think she's going to try to go to the far country, but I don't know. I don't think she can just let it all go. Maybe she can. Hopefully she can. But she's just a really good character. I wouldn't want to see like her disappear. Peace by the end of it. 
like that would seem like a bookend to her. So I don't think she was going to uh, Shank or you know to Vitari and all that. No, I don't think so either. But she might end up there in the end. I mean, they have long fingers, so yeah. And it, it's a it's a thing. It's a thing with these books, right? Like you try to get out, but it's very hard to you get pulled back in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who knows where Logan is? <laughs> I think he's dead. Logan, but... I'm never recommending these books to anyone ever again. What? <laughs> Say that again. I'm like on the page. Or if you don't. End of stories, okay. Like it's it's too much to like draw that out. Like got to come back in some form. All right. We'll see. All right. So let's talk about Orso here. So to me, this is actually the most mistreated character in this book. And that makes me sad because he was my favorite of the series. Like I, I you... good. Sorry. Do you mean he was mistreated by the author or mistreated by the people in the book? By the author. So I think okay. like the way that he behaved in the book was really disappointing. Um, and I understand that he's in kind of an impossible situation here, right? He doesn't have a lot of maneuverability and he does what he can. Right. And it, he is betrayed in a very, and we'll get to this with the next character. Like a very, <laughs> yeah, a very gut-wrenching, effective way that is another good Abercrombie twist of the knife. But I just think Orso was just kind of a character of himself by the end of the book. Like, even when he is being executed, he is just, like, quipping and making light of his dire situation until he literally is dead. Like, I, I just, like, think he kind of lost the more deeper, nuanced, interesting parts of his character and just became, like, a robot to deliver to deliver quips and banter, which is still great. Like the banter is fantastic out of him as it always is. But like, I was, I expected a lot more out of this character. I really, I really had like, just in general, really enjoyed him and was, was excited to see more of him, but he really just didn't do anything in this book. Like he just, there was no conclusion that felt interesting or meaningful. And of course, I mean, he's dead, so it's not an issue anymore, but I just didn't, I don't know. I just was really disappointed. I, I thought there was so much more that could have been done with him. Well, I think when it comes right down to it, the same thing bit him that was biting him in the first book where he'd get all this motivation and then it would amount to nothing because something always got in the way. Sure. Yeah, and the same thing kind of happened here. Like When he did everything, we'll call it right, like when he started doing things right, because he was kind of – he kind of got dealt a shitty hand because that stuff that happened – was it Baalbeck? Yeah. Stoffenbeck, one one of those places where all the shit went <laughs> down, and like Pike ended up hanging everybody because no they were problem. trying to incite a revolution, and he he handled everything perfectly, and then they made him look bad, you know. So like every time he tried to do something great, they spun it into something bad because they didn't want him to be king anymore. They wanted to to break the monarchy. So I mean, if anything, it's another reason to not like Glockta. In fact. Do you guys think Glockta was the one that, that killed Giselle? Hmm. I, I don't think oh. so, but it, I mean, it's plausible, right? Now, knowing what we know now, I think this this, it, I, this that just dawned on me just now. <laughs> yeah. like, it's it's definitely plausible. Like it's it's either him or uh, or or Baez, right? So why would Baez? I don't know. Yeah, maybe it makes more sense for Glockta. Yeah, I buy it because I kind of feel like Glockta realized that Orso was trying to be better. And because of that, he needed to expedite plans to to make the the monarchy fall apart. And he also like framed Giselle as a terrible leader at the same time to make people rebel. Because otherwise, I actually think Giselle, if given power, would have tried to change things. I don't know if he would have been able to because of who he is. <sighs> but you know, he's always been like 
you talk a big game, but then when it actually comes to doing something, you don't actually do it. Yeah, so maybe that that's it, right? Like maybe maybe I expected too much out of Orso. Maybe he is just the guy who who doesn't act. But I, I don't know. I, I just thought there would be more there, more resistance, more fight out of him. And maybe again, that was just false. But I well, every I, time they thought he was going to fight, he was just like, yeah, well, there's no point though. Yeah, and that, that I, you do know he was a decent fencer, but he never even had a sword. Sure, I, I don't necessarily even mean it that way, but yeah, just like some kind of resistance to what was happening to him. But I guess you're right; like he he never was that guy. And as we see, and we, as we've talked about in the past, like sometimes we want these characters to change or grow, and sometimes they just don't. And that's kind of an Ampercrabby thing. So maybe it is just that. And I think yeah, everybody comes back to what they were. <laughs> yeah, and and actually, like your Glocka theory, like it makes total sense now as I think about it more. Right, because we always thought, and we actually mentioned this when we were talking about a little hatred. We thought that this would all be bias setting up Orso as the Patsy, um, but it really ended up not making sense for it to be him. Like the whole plan make fits perfectly with what Galatko was doing. Like he had to be the one to like set him up to be the the king who took the fall, and that's what ended up happening. So it really was Galatko the whole way, kind of setting up Orso to fail. It seems so. I mean, I don't know for sure, obviously, but that's how I. Yeah, see it, it makes more way more sense. Absolutely. Any other thoughts, opinions on Orso's story here? Sad to see him go, even though, you know, like, he he teases, Abercrombie teases us with at least every character, like, at least once, but and you think they're getting out, like, does the whole thing, and then just gets, yeah. Yeah, let me be clear, like, I actually was very convinced he would die the whole way, I mean, the, the like, mm-hmm. Alex well, has mentioned to me a bunch. Oh, it didn't fool Zach. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, I, I, it seemed like, and Alex mentioned this a bunch, like, the foreshadowing of him being hanged is very palpable. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like, I just thought that if he wouldn't go out this way, like, I thought he would fight a little more. That's basically what I'm saying. And I, well, I they just... gave you every reason to think he was going to make it. Like, oh, he evaded oh, being in prison, got out, and then <laughs> yeah. went to... Rick and you're like oh mm. yes she's gonna get him out and then she was like no nah, i kind of yeah. need this alliance man <laughs> yeah but of course we had the prophecy to point us to that happening as well so but i didn't even think about that at the time yeah sure no it was surprised me too like it was effective like it it was one of another really good amber crombie twists and i enjoyed it so that part is good for sure and let me add by the way and i i guess um it's kind of more germane to to ricka so i can kind of meld it into that as we go there but like it would have been really nice to see these two characters that end up having this climactic exchange where she betrays him, like interact more. Like I, the thing I really enjoy Rika in this book and in general, I really enjoy her as a character. And I thought she was the most active character in this book. She was really making moves and the, the, her trick with making it seem like her friends had turned against her was a cool bait and switch. Like that was a cool thing she got to do that no one else really got to do. (laughs) So that was good. But I thought, like, just in general, like, over the course of the series, like, there was there was this setup in A Little Hatred where she would get to, like, be a part of things, but she really wasn't. Like, she was siloed in her own thing the whole way. And if she had not been, I thought this Orso moment would have been a lot stronger. I thought a lot of the stuff that just ended up happening would have been a lot stronger. Like, I just wanted to see these characters be together more and do things together. Like, it, and it just didn't really happen. I think she yeah. wanted the same thing. <laughs> I felt like they were only interacting for, like, a few days yeah, it was like the the moment in a little hatred and this moment. That's it, really. Yeah, so, yeah, that was disappointing for me. Like, I, 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 in general, like I don't like the constant treadmill of the North, where like someone like takes over and then someone else does eventually. And I get, I get why it's a thing, but it's just kind of boring to me at this point. So I was hoping she'd kind of be more involved in these other events, but she really wasn't directly. So, 
Well, she brought the whole North together. That's never been done. Yeah, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> oh, you have little faith. <laughs> yeah, maybe Rico will be the one to do it, and that's great. I'd be happy for her. It sounds like there's a lot of blood coming from the North. Who would have thought? Yeah, and generally characters that are in charge of the North and characters in general that go against Baez don't win in the long run. They Things go bad for them. But maybe we'll that'll be a change, too. Like, Baez does not have the grip on things that he used to. Yeah, he lost a lot. Yeah, um, Glocka really outplayed him in these books, and that's fun, right? Like the the Glocka idea. and Rika outplayed him. Yeah, for sure. And well, he's gonna live a long time, so he doesn't give a shit. He's like, well, I'll last you, little puny mortals. I, I'm not <laughs> counting him out. And again, he lost his like his knight, so who knows? Oh uh, yeah, when uh, <laughs> well, well, I guess let's, is there any other things people want to say about Rika? Rika? Yeah, she's great. No, I, I really enjoy her. But... Favorite characters. Yeah, like her banter was great. Uh, everything yeah. like it. She had some of the best lines like in the Vic, whole book. Like every time she was in a conversation, I, I I liked the way it played out. Like she seemed like she had the upper hand. Like when she was talking to Baez, and she knew exactly how to like push his buttons. Very interesting to me. Yeah, I liked her. You know, like the the make of your Quim astounding line was outstanding. <laughs> outstanding I didn't look line. Up to see if Quim was a real word. <laughs> said I I I don't envy you doing that. Your research on that one. <laughs> Did I you mean, just type whip into your Google? <laughs> um, no, I just wanted to ask. Like, I thought I was so smart when I was like, "Oh, she's not actually sending the nail away. She's not actually sending." Chromeki's um, oh, daughter. What's her name? Uh, is there in the way like did you all assume that was fake or did I actually pick up on I wasn't it? totally sure but it, it it did kind of feel like yeah like it, it, it happened so quick I, that I didn't believe it I have to force myself to be a critical reader and I was like I got one finally and then I was like oh thank god I was right but then I don't realize I didn't think if it was like actually a big thing because well, I, I didn't get anything else <laughs> in each case like she had a reason for doing it like she like turned to her like maid woman there, just like yeah, yeah how about that, huh? <laughs> and that was after she was already suspected of being a traitor. Yeah, I guess what mostly annoyed me with respect to that was how Black Calder did not suspect anything. A character supposedly so perspicacious and intelligent just waltzed right into the trap. I mean, that kind of made me roll my eyes a bit, but whatever. I guess I do think he, he felt like he needed to do something. I mean, they did have his son. I don't know how much he really wanted to get him back. What a He's great getting guy. up there, but he's like forty-eight years old. <laughs> he's lost his basketball, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's not slinging it like he used to, you know. <laughs> but I don't know as if he thought that she had those kind of tactical skills. Yeah, I think he probably underestimated her, and yeah, that's she was just the young. Yeah, she's she's unwise in the ways of war and stuff. So maybe that was it. And I really enjoy how she how she like manipulates the long eye as a thing when she's not really getting prophecies, but she is able to use it still to her advantage. Like the the idea that she might know something. I think that's really good deception by her, and definitely I can see how you'd be fooled by it. So, but at a certain point, you got to be like, she doesn't see this shit because all it takes is. <laughs> I mean, she's very vague about it. I'll give her that. But when she's like, I've seen it, all it takes is for that to not happen once. And you're like, she's full of shit. Damn it. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but these people are living in like the fake Middle Ages. <laughs> like, this is their life. You know, like, oh, there's witches. There's prop. Like, it's all real to them. Yeah, but and it literally is real often. It just wasn't in a yeah. lot of cases here. <laughs> 
and I forget, like, the whole reason that she went to Carib to, like, get the wards put on, wasn't it because, like, she needed it shut off? So I was confused, like, I thought that choice that she made was that, like, it's the eye, or it's the long eye, or it's your life, and she's like, I'm, fuck the long eye, but it's just more selective now, or she's, like, force it? It's just not, it doesn't happen as often now? Is that is that what happens? I think it was turned off, like, the whole time until those prophecies at the end. Like, it wasn't doing anything. Until but that's then. weird to me. Like, I don't understand how it works. I don't understand how it works either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't need to know exactly. It's good. And I liked Kaurub at the end bringing the, sh- the uh, Shanka to fight for them. Yeah, like, I couldn't tell if we were meant to fear that, you know, Mr. McBone, McBone Bone or whatever. I didn't find him, and he was just a joke to me. And, like, obviously, it's not, it's, he's not Stranger Come, whatever. Or, yeah. or, I don't know. Any, In the pantheon of big, scary dudes, he was pretty low on the tier list, I'd say. Yeah, stole about bones. And Mr. McBonebone was not scared. Well, I think Calder is scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point. Like, of course, that's Baez that hooked him up with them, right? The Baez, man, he's running out of cool dudes to put on the field when he has to bring out Mr. McBonebone. Right? <laughs> yeah, an annoying chef is the most feared guy left. <laughs> <laughs> It's not like the old days with the great names. <laughs> no, fucking turned tail and ran so quick. I didn't really like Yasern's brothers. I, I loved their banter. Like that, those couple scenes we had of like all three of them together was maybe my favorite. Just like you know, uh, smart writing in terms of just the the way they talk to each other in the book. I, mean, right. I like how Mika and Yasern talk to each other. I just enjoy it. Me too. Yeah. I love it. All right, we can stop with Ricka there and talk about Savine. So another character that I was expecting bigger things for and was just kind of disappointed with how it turned out. Um, you know, I think she ended up being more of a player in the background than, than I thought she would be. And her, her just her personal struggles and personal development just never really like rang true for me. It just never really hit for me in the way it did in A Little Hatred, where I, I really liked her having to kind of confront her own misconceptions and just and kind of actually kind of deny the truth that she learned where life really sucks like the whole thing that happened in Volbeck and like just kind of trying to like tamp that down and be who she always was like I thought that was really cool and it, I don't know it, that's still kind of there throughout the, the trilogy but it just I don't know it just wasn't it just didn't really grab me the same way did you guys feel like when she was giving all her money away was that a purposeful ploy to make people like her or did she actually feel like she wanted to give back i i was confused by that i thought it was the former and like she knows what what needs to be done i would say so too but this is the thing that i like about her is that there might be a part of her who kind of buys into it also like i right. I, I think that there there is like something there where it's it is complicated right where like she like sees that it's a ploy and uses it as a ploy but also is like maybe i'm actually trying to be better here but also i know i'm not a good person like i don't know she right. she, she justifies it to herself by being yeah. like well it's just a ploy to keep me alive but she really wants to do it yeah it's sort she of like she just can't square it with her business side exactly like it's kind of a repressed goodness almost with her and i i like that stuff like i i like i've always liked that about her but yeah i just wish that we had kind of seen her be, again be like be more active and do more stuff i don't know and maybe i'm expecting too much ultimately like well, she she was at the end when she actually had some yeah yeah some way to exert power but here in the when she was like in prison the whole time and all she could do is give their money away well they weren't really in prison but you know what i mean like they couldn't step out of themselves otherwise judge would have like 
persecuted them. Judge, what a terrible character. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'll share my crazy judge theory in a little bit. All right. You don't think she was an eater, do you? Because some people thought that once, and they were stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll, we'll check in on our theories. Uh, my, my theory is way more insane than that. So, Well, Judge was insane, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, her, com- her climactic encounter on the tower is good. Like, it's just a nice little moment. I enjoyed that. But, yeah, I just, I don't know. Just wasn't quite, quite as much as I, I wanted. I like that she kind of forgave not forgave but like um that chick i can't remember her name that was always against her and she's like no we're gonna give you a spot on Hugen, the council celeste and Hugen. Hugen, yeah 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 Hugen, whatever. <laughs> she's like we're gonna put you on the council and she almost like bought her loyalty even though i don't know if she would stay loyal if she could find a way to that was weird hired. i wasn't sure like what her game is at the end there like she seemed like bought in which is kind of weird but i guess she's just continuing to like seek advantages as well yeah she was doing the whole time yeah i just was surprised how on board she was with sabine like i thought there was like a blood like a blood feud between them or something i don't know i don't think so i think at one point she wanted sabine and her to work together and sabine was like no this bitch is trying to take all my action she's trying to grow bigger than me and i got to be the biggest chick on the block So it's Savine who's the one who's petty about it. I think Savine was yeah. she did a lot of shitty, shady things. <laughs> oh, for sure. But compared to our next character, <laughs> she was a fucking hero. <laughs> um, I, let's talk about the Glotka part for a bit because that's like a fun reveal at the end of her story. Okay. Um, so of course Glotka ends up being a power player, and that's very satisfying, right? Like we we love Glotka, right? So it's cool to see that he's like making moves and he was like kind of the mastermind of these books and it really does feel like he outplayed Baez in these books but at the same time we're not really liking the horses he's backing so we're kind of like eh, I don't know about this right and he's very brutal uh, about it too as he always is <laughs> I wonder what he would have done if they hadn't risen to the top like could he have gotten out is what you're saying basically um I don't know like obviously it's easy for him to reveal himself to his daughter and be like yeah I was doing this the whole time and I'm going to rule through you because you need me. But what would he have done had it not been her? I guess she was going to survive because she always had uh, Siri. What the fuck was her name? Zuri. <clears throat> Zuri. She always had her right next to her to protect her. So she was never really in any danger. But but I don't know where what his plans were had they not risen to the top. Well, I think he was the one kind of putting that into place in some ways, right? How so? I don't know. <laughs> good good good. (laughs) (laughs) but it just felt like he was kind of manipulating it in that fact maybe like not initially because i guess his first plan was just to kind of disrupt bias with the rebellions and the breakers and and burners and all that but i feel like once he kind of saw the way the wheels were turning with that he probably helped nudge things in the direction they ended up going he may have even said that i don't remember i read this like a month ago i don't know (laughs) i mean i don't know how much control he had over the situation like he had pike so when they decided risenau wasn't the guy for the job they pivoted to judge and judge definitely wasn't the job. that was not the play <laughs> right <laughs> and i don't know what their plan was from there like i mean had leo not been as tactical as statesman as he ended up being <laughs> i mean where would they have been yeah maybe maybe we have to thank leo for for all of it and Glodko was just riding his coattails the whole way he did become <laughs> oddly good at the job 
Like, so, all right, let's jump into this, right? Like, that, right. that's been the main criticism I've seen of Leo or the writing of Leo in this book is that he just like becomes like a genius or something. But I, I went I, from like, a... go ahead. I'll, like, I'll disagree with that, and of course, you guys can argue the point. But like, the idea that he's operating like a political mastermind to me is just wrong because he has a lot of help the whole way, and he just has a he's just in a great position, right? Like, his position is so awesome the whole way through this whole thing because everybody loves him, right? Like, his popularity is such a tool that he can easily use to maneuver. Um, and it, it never goes away. It never gets challenged. Like, Orso is constantly being beaten down. Like, no one likes him constantly. But there's just something about Leo, who Leo is, that, like, just people love him, and that makes things easier for him. So I don't think he became, like, a an absolute master manipulator. He just was in a great position. Like, his cards were just... He just had aces the whole way. And that's why it was so easy. But I will say, like, the patience he had, like, knowing that, no, it's not my time yet. I need to reject this here because... If I accept it, then they're going to reject me. Like the fact that he could puzzle that out doesn't fit with like his hot headed swing first, think about things later nature. Now, granted, he was dealing with the aftermath of hitting first and thinking about things later and deciding that there's got to be a better way. I just I mean, to some extent, even Glockta became kind of a mastermind and he wasn't to start with. Almost a lot like Leo. Yeah, but we think he's smarter. Like we, when we first meet Leo, we think he's like dumb as rocks, right? Like he's just an idiot. Um, yeah. So it if seems it for Durant, he wouldn't have any good qualities, like any intelligent people around him. Right. So it seems more implausible that he would be able to do that. But like I say, like, and maybe this is a case where, maybe this is a case where a character actually did change a bit, and I, I think it's plausible the things he learned over the many failures he had that he would be a little bit more savvy. Like, I, I find that plausible. Um, but maybe this is, I don't know, maybe it's too much. But I, I didn't feel that way. I felt like he just was so well-positioned. Like, he could have been a lot stupider, and it still would have worked out for him. <laughs> I see, but, like, the parallels of him and Glockta are pretty pretty good. I Glockta was, like, a warrior that just wanted to fight, wanted to be the best around, and then he was, we'll say, humbled by the Gurkish, but I think it was far more than a humbling he took. And he realized that my body can no longer sustain what I what I want to do with my life. And he had to change his tactics in life. So maybe the same thing happened to Leo. It yeah. happened so quickly. Where with, with Glockta, I feel like it took years for him to get to where he was. Yeah, so but, I, was I, but I also find his actions less impressive than what Glockta does. Like, I, again, I'm not, like, stunned by the brilliance of his maneuvers. Okay. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But I, I think the fundamental... It's not like he did crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I agree with your fundamental point that he does have to change kind of who he is, right? Like, because of him being crippled, right? Like, he just has to think differently. Because, honestly, he's pretty easily outplayed by Sabine <laughs> later in the book, at the end, when he's just like, yeah. oh, damn it, but I yeah. can't do this. By the end of it, so she brought him back to Earth. I still view him as a figurehead, but he's a dangerous one now because he's just like so up in his, he's smelling his own shit so much now. Like he, he's a very dangerous person, but still one that can be manipulated and probably handled at some point here. I'm so ready for him to go full Napoleon. I want like an efficacious human antagonist to like, as opposed to all these like immortal mages we have pulling <laughs> things from the shadows. Like, we haven't had that since Bethod, really. I mean, Glodka's not a immortal superhero. Mm. But... He's still alive. One <laughs> of the few. Yes, he's been around a long time. That's true. And, like, 
yeah, it's interesting. I, again, like, I don't think much of Leo, so I don't know if you will end up being the super m- mover that you maybe imagine, but, but, uh, it's, it's possible. I might just be reading it wrong. I think he is definitely the big bad. Like, I think, I think, of course, his last chapter is the villain, right? So that is a clear, <laughs> clear light post to that. Um, but I think that that'll be interesting, right? Like, how he, he lives up to that role and how long he lasts in that position. And I think Jesus. we're positioned against him as a reader, so. I mean, right away, he's like, let's go to war. And they're like, no, nah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And and it'll be interesting if he ends up being the guy who ends up ignoring all that. And he kind of ends up fully opposed to Zavine, whereas they're kind of like implicitly opposed at this moment and how that goes. If he can actually, if he, without the support of Zavine and Glotka, if he can actually, and maybe like Glotka decides I'm going to back Leo instead of Savine. I don't know, like what he'll do, but probably not, but. I don't see how that could ever happen. Yeah, probably not. Um, but yeah, like, can Leo stand up without that support? That would be interesting. Well, <laughs> he will have to do his standing with one fucking leg. <laughs> True. All right, any other thoughts on these characters kind of individually? It feels like there was more main characters than this, but I guess not. It just These are the peeps. Yeah. So kind of relevant to that. I'll complain a little bit also about the, the little people chapters in this book. So, of course, that's been a longstanding thing in this trilogy and also for Abercrombie he does these chapters like that are big mosaics of a bunch of different characters uh and we it's it's usually the highlight right because he's pretty clever about those and how they they play and it's kind of cool but these felt kind of like obligatory to me in this book like I I, there's no moment I was like ooh, that was cool like relative to the other ones like I was like they're just here because he does it like it just felt mechanical in a way that they didn't before compared to the Valbeck one which is like yeah the Valbeck one is a top tier (laughs) Like, yeah, whenever like, I'm having a good day, I will still say out loud, what day? What day? <laughs> <laughs> I really say that. Yeah. What is that from? It's like, oh, you didn't read the books. <laughs> so I was kind of disappointed in that too. But I don't know. Sometimes they just don't hit. Like sometimes you just don't have the same creative impulse or like the juice. It just, just isn't there as much. Do you guys agree, disagree? How did you feel about this? I still admire those chapters just because I like how he in- – It's it takes a – I mean, I'm, I, we all know he's a talented author, but to interconnect them like that, you know, it's like the arrow from one guy going kill, and then that guy crawling away, and that yeah. person who smashed their head. Like, I just like how he does that, and it's uh, yeah, it's neat. Yeah, even though we got the same version of it like four or five times over the course of the series, I, I still enjoyed it. Like when I heard the little people, like, oh, this is gonna be good. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, for me, this was the first time I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I wasn't excited this you are time. Too hard to impress. I, I know. I know. I'm sorry that I'm a downer, but yeah, these are my these thoughts. He's just trying to show, I think, how shitty it was for all these people. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's fine. Like it's fine. It works. I just wasn't like, oh yeah, boy. <laughs> Here's my little people chapter. Girl had to like watch her dad be murdered right in front of her. That sucks. Sorry for her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for that fictitious character that doesn't have feelings. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry if I'm being a doubter. Like, again, like, I love these books. I love his writing. But this was definitely one of the more disappointing ones for me. I get what you're saying. It definitely didn't stand up to the others. Yeah, but I, I love talking about them with you guys. <laughs> I truly do. <laughs> I, mean, I'm not, I, don't want, I don't want you to think, like, I didn't enjoy this book. Like, I did enjoy it. Yeah, I thought it was same for me. Really good. I, I enjoyed the read a lot. It was like it just, like I said, my thoughts about like I'm about to get the thoughts on the trilogy. So I probably just okay. Let's go. Let's keep, do it. Keep yeah. moving. Keep moving. I'm sorry. I'm jumping hit, ahead. Hit me, Brett. What were your thoughts on the trilogy? <laughs> well, As I think a... we've already talked about it. Whereas I think this is like a bridge in a bigger like a trilogy of trilogies. So it, 
it doesn't have like a finite end and he's almost teasing the future too much rather than just completing this trilogy without worrying about the future like he seemed to do in the first one. I mean, like the first one, Logan just falls and we assume he's dead. And of course he brings him back, but we didn't know that was going to happen. And we just assumed that like, okay, that's how it ended. That's that's crazy. But in this one, it's like, oh, don't worry. Baez is still stirring the pot and there's going to be something big and magical coming in the future. And just let this finish is what I wish they would have done. And, and sometimes like when I was, I was like three quarters of the way through this book and I was like, how are they going to get everything in? Because I was assuming there was going to be more to it, I guess. And that that's where it kind of let me down. I, I expected more, but it wasn't bad. I enjoyed the whole book. It's just at the end, I was like, oh, damn, now I want more and I'm not going to get it for a long time. And that disappoints me. I guess that's where more of my disappointment comes from because he didn't, put a good bookend on it i'm like uh i wish we could have got more that would have satisfied me for a longer term so that's i think fair. Back yeah. that by the old so, <clears throat> yeah i think for me i think so so alex was mentioning at the start this like we had this really like fun frenetic start with a little hatred with these characters and to a certain extent like i actually don't think it was like that amazing in hindsight but you give a little bit of leeway to a first book in a trilogy because you're setting stuff up but it just never really felt like it picked up the pace after that or that we got to like see these characters like do really fun stuff like there are things and i i hope i've called out the things that i liked about all of them and the moments that that they had that i enjoyed but like it just wasn't like they they didn't feel fully utilized to me in the way i was hoping and i just didn't like love them as much as i did at the start and again maybe that's just a me thing like maybe that's just my reaction to it and it's it's better than i think but i just i, I expected more out of the characters i thought the situations would be more interesting then they ended up being like I really was very bored by like I like the the terror fan fiction I think I described it to you, Alex like that we get yeah. for most of this book like the fan fiction of uh, of the the French Revolution post moments and all that stuff like I, I I don't know it just felt very like obvious to me that part it's like it didn't feel like he was trying stuff that was new or exciting it felt like he was just doing the best hits of of industrial world revolution <laughs> stuff history's best hit <laughs> yeah yeah worst yeah worst hits so the, i don't know like the pacing itself just felt like slower to me especially in this book like i actually thought um the second book the trouble with peace i really liked that too um i think it it kind of ended up causing some problems with how it siloed the characters like i was saying with ricka and stuff like i didn't really like ricka at all in that book like she was my least favorite in that book um, but I, but I thought it had lots of good stuff too. So I don't know. <laughs> would you say you have a different favorite character in all the books? Yeah, I, I would. I generally feel that way. Like a, a character is like an MVP of the books. Like I was saying, like Vic was my MVP of this book and I'd also probably put Ricka there. Uh, or so is my favorite in the first, um, I'm not sure how I would say for Trouble with Peace is my favorite. It might be Vic again. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm definitely manipulated by the fact that I, I love seeing Shanked in Vitari. Like, I, I really enjoy that that element of the, the world. So I was definitely manipulated by getting that briefly. That's one of my disappointments in this book. Like, I expected more out of the Sipani faction. Yep, and we got too. nothing from Expected there. more, like meta revelation big picture stuff entirely yeah yeah and yeah, like, yeah, exactly. no Chris, no Kanye, no. that's the that's the bridge bridge trilogy thing right like there's a lot of stuff we thought we'd get that it turns out we, we might Ishri, get later which is i mean we got ishri and we got yeah. sulfur getting his oh i forgot to mention sulfur went out like a bitch dude like he just <laughs> yeeted himself in there and died like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, i'm taking one for 
I thought he was smarter than that, though. Like, he just, like, walked into a, a, a situation he had no knowledge about and just died. <laughs> like, maybe he's not smart. I don't know. Maybe I was wrong. Well, I think he was back against the wall. I mean, every avenue they usually would use to gain leverage weren't working. And he's like, I'll just – I don't know if he, like, figured out that Glockton was there. And he's like, this is my chance. And maybe like, he thought he could overpower whatever situation. He didn't expect, like, one of the most powerful eaters to just be there. <laughs> Woody. Well, maybe three of the most powerful leaders left. Yeah. Which at one point I remember. So when Ishri was not Ishri, at one point she said that her teacher like had a child with one of his students, and it turns out like her her teacher was Kalul. Mm-hmm. Does that mean he has like a child running around out there? Possibly. Yeah. And could that be Pharaoh? Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> that seems like a I mean, possibly, right? Uh, that's, she could be one, but I think we need more. She would want to bend heaven and earth to get her. I guess, yeah. I guess. You that... sent eaters out after her all over the place. You're making me believe again, Brett. You're making me believe. <laughs> but then again, like she was like a captive of his at one point. I don't know. Yeah, it... that's why. That's all I thought with that. Like she was just like a person that he wanted to uh, not be out and about. But maybe there's more to it. It's always possible. Well, she had a lot of power. Another person who we have not heard of since the first trilogy. <laughs> MIA for nearly a decade, yeah. <laughs> like, we get in one of the standalones that she's, like, just out picking off eaters. But we didn't get any, like, because she's the one who chased Kalul out of wherever his temple was. And we don't know what the deal is with him right now. Yeah, like, we're talking, Alex and I were talking about this. Like, you seem pretty convinced, Alex, that he's just out of the picture. I'm not as convinced about that. I said that also in the little hatred one. Like, I, I just, I don't know if that's a resolved plot line yet. The Kalul thing. I don't know how it could be. Well, what's the line that Bias has he negotiated, like, an armistice with a troublesome sibling? So that seems to indicate he's still around. Yeah, so it, it seems more likely now that something's going on there. And just the way that uh, Ishri slash Zuri was talking there. Like she, it just sounded like he was still a factor to me, and maybe that's just conjecture. I don't know. Another another ball in the air that we really didn't get much on in these books. That hopefully we will. I mean, I, like I say, I don't need resolution all this stuff, but right. a lot of it is is what makes the books fun, right? Like the theories and the the sort of meta stuff, like you were saying, Alex. Like that's a lot of what's fun about it. So I I just don't think we got as much of that as I wanted. Well, I'll say that these books aren't as conducive to theories as I like Song of Ice and Fire is. It's, yeah, it's a lot the, more simpler. He does sew up plot threads and pretty much give you the answer. But those are the ones we don't have yet. So now those are the ones you want to theorize on. Because yeah. I do think he's gotten, gotten better at leaving those little crumbs. Whereas before, I like I said, he wrote that whole first trilogy not really knowing that it was going to take off. And I don't think there was many crumbs left in there. Whereas now he's getting to the point where he's like, well, I got to like tease people for the future if I want to keep making these books. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm fine with it. Like, I like having that stuff too. Like I, like it. It's maybe more simple and more basic in terms of just like literariness, as we as we talked about at length in our, our last podcast on this. But I just, it's fun. Like it's part of the fun for sure. So speaking of that, unless you have anything more to say on the trilogy as a whole, let's let's first start. I re-listened to our last podcast and some of the things that we thought would happen, <laughs> which was a fun a fun thing to do. So I'd like to go through that with you guys. So we suspected that there would be a noble revolt. I mean, that was pretty obvious because we saw the hints of it in that like party scene where you like, kind of saw the scheming nobles. So that happened, obviously. And we also saw Orso 
or foresaw Orso probably getting Louis the Sixteenth again. The foreshadowing is pretty clear there, but he is indeed the king who was killed off. Um, but it's kind of played out differently. I think we thought Baez would do that, like like we were talking about before, but it ended up more being Glotka being the person. Um, so we thought we'd go to Styria, and we kind of did, <laughs> but not as much as we thought. Like we thought there'd be like a campaign into Styria again, like with we we thought. And I'm jumping ahead here, but we thought that there would be like a whole like Leo Stour like alliance to go take over Asteria, and we'd also thought they would fuck, but they didn't. Sad. <laughs> well, one of us thought that, and yeah. I'll take the L. Yeah, Fair. I, I supported it fully. I was totally on board on that train, but well, it didn't. Clearly, happen. they won't. But <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as them going to Styria, like the Japo thing was such a tease, and like I, I thought that the thing that kept my hopes alive for Orso was him and Japo kind of hit it off a little bit. Right. So he's a potential alliance. Him going with Rika could lead to them, like making an alliance with Sapani with the North. So when Leo went, cause Leo's not great, they would team up to take back the union. And then like Rika could be queen of the union and Orso could be king. So that was like going to fan fiction. So that's your fan fiction that you're going to write about what really should have happened? I, I won't be writing anything, but, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was like where my head was going yeah, when yeah, I was yeah. reading the book. And then Sipani never even came into it, which or, it just it was really disappointing to me. Yeah, I liked that part because it's like another really great Abercrombie, like all the different POVs and like the obfuscation of information from POV to POV while we have the dramatic irony as the reader and like i don't know just everything with like bremer having to go back to that place and like having to revisit the trauma like i just enjoyed that part but i i do think that it was kind of a tease like you say there could have been more there oh we never talked about gorse he's dead man Gone. yeah but what a way to go just killing people for nothing and then dying for nothing he had so his moment yeah a little better i would say but yeah that's the abercrombie thing right like Sometimes you just you just die, <laughs> and there's no rhyme or reason like to it. Run? Like we're on Jesus. <laughs> oh, now I'm getting sad. Yep. So we talked about Yilway potentially coming back. Didn't happen unless you guys saw something I didn't. <laughs> he's not around. So we all. Do you think he's dead? I don't know. I mean, probably not, because he's a, a, a mage. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well. But he is in a kind of. He was kind of in a bad spot last we saw. Him. <laughs> I, I think he could have talked his way out of it. Possibly. But... If she would listen to reason, which I don't know if she was in a place for that. Probably not. So this is where I bring out my crazy judge theory. I actually think that judge could have been Ptolemy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the only reason I think this is she has that one scene where she's talking to Leo and she's talking about the Magi and the Maker and like all this shit that I don't know why she cares about it. And I was just like, that's the kind of a Ptolemy thing, right? Like talking about that stuff, so... I don't know why she was talking about it, so that's the only direction I can go. And of course, Ptolemy is one of the people that can take other people's faces and stuff. So yeah, yeah. And she's and, and also she judges crazy, so I don't know. Fell to her death again. Yeah, so maybe that's just all it is. But that's my crazy theory. So I'll I'll take big time credit if that ends up being true because that's fucking insane. Yeah, I I don't think she would have gone out like that if she had been, unless she'd lost some kind of power. That's like the thing too, right? Like she goes out too easy, maybe for Ptolemy. But maybe Ptolemy's like weakness is towers, you know? So maybe. <laughs> 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 so that's what got her again. <laughs> towers, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So I said the owl was Rika. That was pretty obvious. And she was in a really satisfying way. So the bald weaver, we mentioned Baez. <laughs> I said my insane Sabine theory that the weaver was Sabine. That was obviously <laughs> not the case. Brett mentioned Glotka. So it turns out it's both, right? Like it's both Baez and Glotka, kind Baez of. Baez in the visions, but yeah. Glotka in real life, I guess. Yeah, so like Glotka is the weaver, but the person that Rika saw was Baez. I believe so. Yeah. At least at the end. I agree. I think that is what it was. All right, so we had our whole eater watch. Zuri is, in fact, an eater. Um, Brett and I were adamant that she was. Alex and Greg did not think she was, unless I misread it. Explain when I was yourself, kid. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be so on the nose and obvious that it had to not be the case. But, right, you know. of course. <laughs> um, and it, we didn't know she was issue. We didn't even mention that. So No, I, did, I never thought. No. Because, you know, Ishri was always wrapped in bandages. And I guess this one was. She was always wearing dresses. <laughs> so, Brett thought Judge was an eater. Probably not, but she's probably Ptolemy. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the best one. Brett also, he also proposed that Clover was an eater, which at the time was like, <laughs> what are we? <laughs> I don't know what you're going off of, but I don't think that one's true. Breaking up. What was that? <laughs> you laughing at my clover theory? <laughs> <laughs> you thought clover was an eater. But it wasn't. We don't know that. <laughs> yeah, we don't know for sure. <laughs> I'll admit, he's not, but uh, he hasn't died yet. So, we thought that the person with the head stitched together with golden thread was Monza, which made total sense to me at the time. Like, you, br- you brought that up, Brad, and I was like, oh, that must be it, yeah. yeah why wouldn't it be? But it's Carib. We didn't know Carib so. had her fucking face stitched together. She got split in the head with an axe. Yeah, so that was a surprise. Um, Shanked his Casimir. We didn't really get any, a lot more on this, but it seems it still seems is. likely. Yeah, it is. It's true. <laughs> it's a great theory, you guys. I didn't, I didn't think of it, but it's it's good. Especially the cast thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's 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 a win. Was it? A, is it just like such a popular name that uh, is this like a? No, it's like the John Smith of the First Law. Yep. I don't think it's a misdirect. It, it makes perfect sense, and I like it. Yeah, it's too good. Khalil, we talked about that. So yeah, that's really all we mentioned in the past. So let's do some speculating for the future. So it seems like Hilda will, Hilda will be a POV. Does anyone dispute that as a fact? I mean, who knows? But probably. It seems like. Every important character ends up being a POV anyway, so... We get her in the vision with the hat and looking cool and stuff, and I look forward to seeing that. Uh, Savine and Leo's kids, will they be POVs? Or one of them be POV? It depends, like, how how much he progresses in years right, as he right. goes. Yep. I mean, eventually, then, uh, these people are going to be dying, so we want to keep all these characters around. The generational theme continues, like, yeah, the right. final trilogy will be... 30 years from now, so I have no doubt they'll be point of view characters. Yeah, so with that said, I would anticipate both these POVs occurring in the, ne- the next trilogy, not in the standalones. I think standalones will be closer and to this and will not have anyone we expect probably as the POV. It'll be new characters. Yeah, completely new tabula rasa. Do you think that... I mean, I think they'll be mentioned in standalones. You know, like, they always, like, he always weaves in little things in the standalones that has to do with the overarching world mm-hmm. so i think he'll weave stuff in about them but probably not definitely the main character totally i, I, I think Vic could be though yeah maybe i, I think she's I, her story is dumb but I, I can see where you're saying where like you can't get out kind of thing none of the original characters were povs in the first trilogy correct they were there but they weren't povs 
Yeah, they were uh, around, but like we get like uh like Shivers is a POV, but he's not a POV in the, the original. Yeah. Right, right, so, right, right, right. So forth. It's Logan and Dogman, and Dogman's not a POV after that first trilogy. I forget. Is Logan a POV? He's not a POV in Red Country, right? No, no, it's it's no, uh, always if different. If he was, we'd know his name was Logan. <laughs> He'd be like, I am Logan. <laughs> yes, that makes sense. All right, so who did Rick see bias seeing? Let me see if I can find the line in the book. Um, yeah, I both loved and hated that like last scene. I'm like, great, thanks for telling me how the series is going to end. But at the same time, like, oh, this is so cool. So, So, in the burning stone, she saw a circle of runes, and in the circle of runes, she saw a black door, and beyond the door, a figure now, or a figure rose from the seething sea, a figure made of blinding light, and his feet left smoldering footsteps in the shingle, and he spoke in thunder, I am returned. (laughs) Who is that? Is it Juvens? I was la- I was laughing when I re-listened to the little hatred when Greg was like saying Juvens like bias says it in the audio <laughs> Juvens the great Juvens. <laughs> I have no memory of that. But thank it was really good. I appreciated it. So who is that dude? So I wrote a theory on this, and I kind of think it holds some water. It sounds pretty neat. So what the theory is is the sons of Aeus actually stole his powers and put him like behind like captured him basically like trapped him behind a door and so the only one that didn't steal his powers was whichever one ended up finding the way to speak to the the dead the demons what was his name sorry i'm blanking pretty hard bedesh no bedesh is the one that can he's the one that can speak to spirits i'm talking about the one that went digging because he got nothing i don't know i don't know i I rely on you guys that's it okay and glustrad like the theory is he was trying to find his father because he wasn't part of the group that in like like captured him and stole his powers so he's trying to find him whereas the other ones they took his powers and just became like spun the story to where he gifted them the powers and left the world for them to like foster it into the the world of the future and this would be Ao's returning this is like breaking through the gates yeah that makes sense It sounds like kind of a basic thing. It's a lot of heavy lifting to do. (laughs) But yeah, Aeos is definitely a candidate. Maybe Glustrad himself. I don't know. One of those big, important people. Probably, I would say. (laughs) Juvens? Is it the master maker himself? I don't know. Canadius. Yeah. So what is... He gets, like, nuked out of existence by the seed, Glustrad. That's, That's what happened to Glustrad, yeah. Yeah. He didn't do the... 11 wards and 11 wards reversed right. Had something to do with salt that made it all better. Ate by as able to control it. All right. I think that's all the theory stuff I had. Do you guys have any theory things? Trains. Trains. What are they? <laughs> I do like how technology advances in these books. It's... Unlike you a lot of other series. You get trains before guns. You have to get guns. I don't have they already have cannons. Yeah, but like... They gotta have guns, because it's all still swords and shit. All right, Nobody's but we have the auto-erotic the decapitation device, so it's only a matter of time. Yeah, they've got steam engines and stuff. I so. bet guns will pop up in one of the standalones. Probably. We'll have a gunslinger. I mean, they have to have them in the far country, because that's where the cowboys and the Native Americans are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's people's... 
cancelled. Alright, anything, like, relevant to that, is there anything, like, in the standalones? We talked about this, but anything else in, like, the standalones you'd like to see, specifically? I, I would say, like, we're gonna be surprised, hopefully, by them, so this is kind of a stupid question, but is there anything you want to see? I think the only standalone that didn't really surprise me was the heroes, as far as, like, what it was about. Because, like, well, no, like, Best of Cold was, like, a completely different place that we'd never seen. Yeah, yeah. and like, I the don't... only character we had was Shivers. And I don't know if they, these books will have that advantage. Like, the fact of seeing Syria was so exciting at the time, but, like, is there a new place we could even see? We haven't seen the South yet much. Yeah, yeah, we could go down there. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd love that, actually. I want it now. Brett, I need it. If Joe doesn't get it, I'm going to come to you and be upset. It would be nice to... I mean, I don't think it would ever happen in a standalone, but it'd be nice to actually meet Kalul. He's the POV. <laughs> It'll what? be Kalul's. I said he's the POV. It'll be Kalul's story. <laughs> I can't wait. I would just like to have somebody talk to him. Maybe he's like. I'm more wondering if Abercrombie's like doesn't know how to approach his character yet. Maybe. Maybe he's just not important. I don't know. <laughs> I say that a lot with these books. I don't the know. The second you put your the second you put your big bad guy on the page, he's less scary. So. He probably wants to keep him off as much as possible. You know? Well, I don't even necessarily think he's scary. He might even be the good guy for all I know. I, at least he's the antagonist to what everyone in all, that we know of already. Though, so. That would be the fun reversal, though, as Brett's saying, if he ended up kind of siding with him in some fashion. Like, that would be well, the fun was, way to show him. He was kind of painted as, like, uh, more understandable when you get, like, the actual what happened. Like, Baez clearly the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Baez is the worst. We We know this. Yeah, and he was, like, just opposed to Baez. Now, if he's really enslaving people and killing them, that's not cool. Maybe they're all bad guys. Seems it, right? (laughs) (laughs) The only true hero was Dogman. (laughs) Dogman was the only good guy in the whole thing. I like that kid that I thought was Shivers. What's his name? Beck... And I like the guy that I thought was Clover. That wasn't Clover. That guy, I liked him too. I don't remember his name. I know who you're talking about, the guy who like goes to be a carpenter again and hates it. That guy. Yeah. yeah. No, he Heartbread. He's Heartbread. in these. He's in these? No, what? Heartbread? Who? Where? No. no, Heartbread's in these books. That's not the character I'm talking about. Oh, Heartbread's about. the one that he fights. Yeah, 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 yeah. He comes back. No, he goes right back into it at the end of that book. I don't remember the guy's name, but I like oh, that I guy too. Literally, he was like Clover. Like, that was Clover's character, basically. Um... But he, he goes right back into it like because he realizes he's a shitty carpenter. And Hardbread comes and asks him if he wants to join the right. Dogman. And he's like, fuck, let me get my sword. I'm back in. <laughs> As we said. The fact that none of us can his name means he probably wasn't in this book. <laughs> no, Hardbread was. That's who I was thinking of. Well, he, was, he was old then. Yeah, he's probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my like last question would be like, do you, do you guys are you guys still excited about this series? I know Brett is, so it's probably a foregone conclusion there. But like, do you still get excited about like seeing more places and seeing what's next? I literally forget about these books until I'm going through the Hachette catalog and I go, oh, there's another one. Oh, look at that. Like, I literally don't even about them. But then when I'm into reading them, I'm like, these are the best things ever. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm gonna forget about it in a week. Kern didn't craw, sorry. That's him. Craw. That's, That's him. Who was, yeah. I'll take more, please. I um, they are like my go-to audiobooks when I have nothing else to listen to. I just turn one on and start listening to it, and I get right back into it. I love yeah. it. They're delightful. They're kind of like they're my Marvel movies of books. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, they're just I fun. I don't need to pay that close of attention. I could just have it on in the background and 
I when I pay attention, I'm like, God, I love this. Yep, they're That's just they fun. Are. But I, 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 I will say, like, I'm not as excited about the future as I was, but I, I do in the moment, as you say, Greg, I just enjoy them when I'm reading them. So, And that's fine. Like, we have these cut, like, so many people, like, they read, oh, do you have the new Haruki Murakami? I must read the new Haruki Murakami. I'm like, that's great if you love Haruki Murakami. But, like, I feel so many people read, like, quote-unquote literature because it's expected, and, and that's fine. Like, we sell a ton of those books. I read some of that stuff, but, like, these books serve their purpose. Like, remember Brett describing them before we even read them. He's like, they're just fun books or whatever you're, you know, you explain that. I was like, that's fine. Yeah. And they're I love romance novels for men. Exactly. And those Harlequin romance novels are, you know, like Nora Roberts and Julia Quinn, they all serve their own purpose to get housewives to. I think Greg, Greg, Greg relies on those books, okay? Those books pay the bills. They pay the bills, yes. Stacey Abrams wrote, wrote uh, Erotica, you know, before she got into government. So, but like they, uh, no, I love these books for what they are. I try, I just, I've always had a hard time selling them in the store because like the R. Scott Baker, like I put a sign on those, but I'm like, if you like Lord, uh, Game of Thrones, read these. Like it's the next big. What are you doing to people, Greg? So You're making people read that, that shit? A year. What's that? I'm saying you're making people read that shit. What are you doing? No, <laughs> it's your guy's fault. I mean, literally, Alex's fault. But, but like, I I don't sell as many of these. Like, we have people who are like, do you have new Abercrombie? Like, we may sell five or six a year, but it's weird that I expected to sell more of these. But I still love them, like in the in the moment. But they they just don't seem to have the uh, like the staying power as as. Game of Thrones, or uh, and I think stuff. it's because they don't stick with you, like you said. Like it's a good, fun story. You enjoy it. But it's not something that you like. I don't want to say that you think about. Like I don't necessarily think about them when I'm not reading them. But when I get back to them, I was like, God, I love this. I, I just enjoy this. Yeah. But I'm not like like Game of Thrones. I was like constantly thinking about the characters and where they're going. Part of that is it's never gonna be finished. So I don't even oh, think about those books anymore. Just accept that. I'd accepted that years ago. <laughs> so two things happened here. I really enjoyed. One, we mentioned that. The Song of Ice and Fire will never be done, which happens on every podcast I ever do. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and also, we bookended our these books are not literary; they're they're common man trash, which we started out the. Uh, well, they're not young. Fire. They're not they're not new adult or young adult. They are adult books. They're simply adult. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we can bookend the these podcasts better than Joe can. So suck it. If you were going to compare this trilogy to his, what is it, the Shattered Sea trilogy, whatever the other one was. Yes, you say it with such disdain, and I'm no, like, I, I just can't remember. Those are my favorite new adult books. <laughs> I, I didn't dislike uh. them. You were like I, I shattered, shattered, shitty sea books, whatever they were fucking called. Wow, jeez, calm down. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, like if you were comparing this trilogy to that trilogy, where would like where would you put it? I haven't read this. This is automatically better, and I'm pretty certain it's better anyway. Even if I had read them. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were on the park. Didn't you do the? Oh, it was gonna be. I think I missed that one. I read the first one, yeah, but I didn't continue. Yeah, I read the first one as well, and I don't remember anything. I don't. I liked them. They were fine. I liked them too. They. I think what Greg liked about them is they're like post-apocalyptic, like the postman, like his jam. <laughs> I just liked when I was like, oh, if you turn the map a little to the side, it kind of it's like it makes sense. <laughs> Whereas this has no map, no official map. Right? Greg, have you ever read the his name? I know me and Alex talked about him before. Um, I'm leaning in closely. I'm listening. I've been uh, steeping his fingers. He's steepling his fingers. I just go 
fucking blank when I'm talking on a podcast. Hold on. Take your time. We're at the end anyway. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the standalones and getting surprised. And uh, I'm hyping myself up just from that, like, Waterstones interview where Joe sold the final trilogy as a a climactic finale between the forces of magic and the forces of technology. Because the images I'm conjuring in my Lasers. Pretty metal. Lasers. My expectations are really high. We'll have giant steampunk tanks. Fighting Glushrod and his demon legions, yeah. With trains. Trains <laughs> everywhere. What books are you talking about right now? I'm curious. I'm yeah, trying we can't, to think. We can't leave until you figure it out. We're stuck here until you... Uh, I'm blanking so hard. Do you have like any info? What does the cover look like? Is it blue? (laughs) Fuck yeah, it's blue. Which one is it, Greg? Quick, tell me. (laughs) Be several. We people all time come in like this. Well, well, it's blue with a little green on it, Greg. What is that one? (laughs) I don't know. The Witcher. I have no idea. I think the Witcher's red. What genre? It's fantasy. It's like a. Why can't I think? Do you have like any ideas about what it's about? Yeah, I can completely. Explain to well, you. Well, then give me it? that, and we can work with we that. We talked about it last week. Did this Lock Lamar, those? The lives of Lock Lamar, the Lynch? Is it no. Mark Lawrence? Mark Lawrence, thank you. Jesus. Broken Empire. Because that's adjacent to sc- Shattered whatever, because it's also a, like, neo-feudal post-apocalyptic. Okay, so he just keeps writing. <laughs> yeah. I haven't and, read those. I don't. I haven't. Uh, all right. Well, there's, like... Two trilogy he does that is like in we talked about it last time. It's like in this post-apocalyptic world, and then he's done two more trilogies now that are like seem like they're in the super future of even that world. Are you talking about like the the battle nuns or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. Red they're, sister and yeah. they're connected, and I don't understand how yet. I want to say the trilogies. The second trilogy is done. Or... There's another author did that. Um, S. M. Sterling. I don't know if you know him. He wrote like a. In the late 90s, he wrote this, like, trilogy about the island of Nantucket was, like, transported three or 5,000 years into the past. And then he writes his other, like, 12 books, post-apocalyptic series. And then, like, you realize it's all it's all the same. And I kind of felt cheated and, like, elated at the same time. Well, those sound stupid. Anyway. <laughs> I was upset. That's not books. literature. <laughs> These Mark Lawrence books, I don't even know if I like them. I think we talked about this last time. I don't know if I like them or not. I do read How them many all. Huh? How many have you read? There are three, six, nine. I think there's twelve. You like them? You like them? <laughs> if I had to actually physically read them, I might not. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I've sure. read seven. I read the Broken Empire, and then there's uh, the direct sequel to that. That's like the Queen's other prince. Prince. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that one is like taking place at the same time as the the mm-hmm. one with Jorg. And then there's two of them that are like the nuns. And then there's another one that's not the nuns, but it's connected to the nuns. And then they bring in... Do you remember Taproot? No. Uh, I read those. They, those were like a one and done, never to be thought Lifted of. Again. Again. Yeah. I, I don't it. really like Mark Lawrence. Well, so he's like very vocal about how he does not care about making art, but he just wants to make lots of money because uh, his daughter, Celine, has a very debilitating health issues. And, like, well, he I'm just wants to fight for her. Which I respect. I respect his hustle, but, like, you know. 
the books, not fun to read. Like real books. These aren't like self-published. Like I'm, it's. it's oh no, those are legit different. books for sure. Like they're published by like not Bob. They're published by like Tor. They're on Audible, dude. Absolutely, <laughs> they're on Audible, Greg. <laughs> no, they're legit. That's like that's like a, a serious fantasy series that that people know. About. Okay, no, that's fine. I know I have blind spots. I haven't read them, but I I just know that they are relatively established. I find them very interesting, and I like thinking about the world probably more than I like reading the books, maybe. But I don't know where they're going, and I don't know. Just contemplating the intertextuality of, like, how does this far future connect to the past? I, I think what really got me, like, when they when he tied them together with just, like, that one character, I was like, holy shit, what does this mean? Because otherwise it's just I'm like, burning audible credits, and I might as well continue on the story. In there. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually be interested maybe in a conversation kind of about where fantasy fiction is at right now. I think it's kind of an interesting topic, kind of a complicated one, but I don't know, maybe that'll be a thing. Well, it's interesting when books now seem to be combining science fiction and fantasy and making them like a one, which I, I'm sure has happened in the past, but it seems more prevalent now, I guess. Maybe I'm wrong. I would agree with that. Like, I've read some, like, more modern stuff than, I guess, like, I mean, this is modern, obviously. It just came out, but, like, he's been writing, like, Ibercrombie's been writing for so long. And, like, the way that, it's definitely shifted, I would say, like, the, the the approaches in a lot of ways. So that is definitely an interesting topic, but a tough one. There's definitely been a lot more, like, acceptance of sci-fi and fantasy in, like, mainstream literature, like like Station Eleven, which is, like, straight post-apocalyptic. Anything with magical realism is now, like, just straightforward magic is much more, like, 10, 15 years ago, you'd look at the New York Times bestseller list and it was all just, like, John Grisham and James Patterson. And they're still there, but... You have books that um, you know that jump out, you know, more often. Fuck the trend. Yeah, than they used to. Station Eleven TV trailer dropped today. I have not watched any TV in the last like two years. Um, it's the opposite of what most people did during the pandemic. <laughs> I've barely like, watched any too. Sandman. I found out that's being a TV show. I just watched a trailer for that like last night. And there's all this stuff like the, did, why the last man. I didn't know they did that, and it's already been canceled. And I. <laughs> <laughs> I've read so both much. those comics I, I since did, we I last talked. A day watching Walking Dead, the last season. I even want to shoot myself. Talk about fan. <laughs> wow. Thank God. Damn. Craig, you're so bitter. Yeah. We're just all bitter. We're all bitter old men now. It's been so long. I don't, I don't think I'm bitter. No, you're I'm not, not bitter. bitter. I don't even think I'm bitter. I'm just, my default is like cranky. Bitter? Yeah. Not bitter. Cranky. <laughs> I don't actually resent anyone. I'm just like. Don't, don't waste my just time. Just generally upset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bitter. I just don't have time for people. <laughs> or the things that they make. It's, it's not targeted. It's just I'm just not happy. <laughs> About things. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's go ahead and wrap it up here. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for joining me for this. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I, I love these. You guys are really fun to talk to so it was enjoyable and it's fun to talk about these books so thanks for that and if you want to check out more vassals of kingsgrave you can do so at vokpodcast.com uh join our discord that'll be where we talk about this and other stuff you can find that on all of our social media just google vassals of kingsgrave and you will end up there so that is that thank you guys again very much for joining me for this and hopefully we will proceed onward with the the abercrombie train wink <laughs> and, into the standalone i'm not a train guy just so you know i'm not a train guy nah, i just was like oh they're coming That's my fine. whole image of you I has changed like... i just imagine you having the toy trains in the attic now you know so. what's weird greg i can totally picture with you you with a conductor hat 
wish and I had overall. space in my house or my store for train sets. <laughs> so you <laughs> want them. Train guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks, guys. We'll be back at some point. Bye bye. Thanks for organizing that. Good stuff, y'all. That was fun. That was fun, guys. For like it's putting it off until everybody done get together. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for for coming on. I know it like it took us a while to get to get here. So thanks for keeping keeping it alive despite probably not remembering anything that happened. We the needed the balance of humors for everyone present. Of course, I agree. Oh, humors. Oh, am I? Uh, if we're all picking humors, who's what? <laughs> I think I'm phlegm, right? I'm definitely phlegm if we're going to each be in humor. I don't know the the humor family. Like, what are all the humors? I don't know them. No, like, the humor is, like, blood. Like, it's like, I know I know what you're saying, but what are they? I don't know the list. Isn't it just, like, blood? It's Melon, like, melancholic, phlegmatic. Yeah, it's phlegm. Like Greg, you're definitely melancholic, you bitter bitch. I'm phlegmatic. I'm phlegm. <laughs> okay, you're phlegm. I'm melancholic. I'm melancholic. No, actually, Alex is melancholic. What are the other ones? Is one of them joy? That'll be me. Sanguine um, is like sanguine is supposed to be like sociable. All right, hundred percent bread is sanguine. Right, well, what, thanks, man. What else do we got? <laughs> Choleric is supposed to be like angry and commanding okay. and dominating. So that's, that's me. You. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> You're the host. <laughs> I've never felt. I that am choleric. Nah, that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good alright that was fun thanks guys thanks have a good one yeah, yeah. thanks see you in like fun. a year when he writes his next book can't wait yeah. <laughs> do, you, do we think we can talk we'll before get, like uh, some interlude where he'll publish something else like Shattered Sea to like get it out of his system or will we just be back on the first lot train immediately I, my um, suspicion would be he knows where his bread is buttered at this point but okay <laughs> Fair enough. He, he seems to write pretty quickly, though. Mm-hmm. Granted that the Shattered Sea took like three years out of his life that we'll never get back, but <laughs> but I didn't mind it at all. 
it was fun. No, it wasn't bad. I meant to ask you, do you what are, where what is the status of Baker's next book? Like from what I remember, like didn't you say it's pretty much written but isn't a publisher, or am I making that up? No. <laughs> no one knows what's going on. <laughs> okay, uh, so I think, the, I think the scuttlebutt from Mike, who's one of the narrators and closed him, is that he's back on like the university circuit lecturing to pay the bills for like literature and stuff, but I don't know. Because no one buys the books. Because one of my selling points when I sell this book, I'm like, oh, he writes like a bo- he wrote like a book a year for a while. Like they're definitely gonna be finished soon. So <laughs> I hope it does not become like a, I've read nine or whatever seven. I forget. Is there seven out? Seven, seven or so far? Or eight? Or eight. seven? Seven. Yeah. Seven. Yeah, three and four, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, That's right. Yeah, because I keep telling people like, oh yeah, he pushed them out much faster than Martin. Wait, so, wait. Yeah. Everyone does. Like at Except, some point. Yeah. Except for Patrick Rothfuss. Oh, don't remind me, Brett. Don't remind me. That guy, we I think I mentioned every like once you whenever we pause, I'm always like, there's that one customer who comes in every year asking about the winds of winter. He's an old guy, and I haven't seen him in two years. So I think uh, you know it might have we're all gonna be in that spot. So it's nothing. He new. might just die. He was in his eighties. Oh, I mean, like George like, Martin will be long dead, man. I know, but so we'll be at peace with it, I guess, that he wasn't like we'll we'll know that it's not happening. That's sad. <laughs> anyway, you will see Dune, or are you going to yeah. see Dune? Not yet. I'm gonna I'm gonna see it this weekend with my partner. I'm gonna drive down to see her. Probably see. I it. was uh, wondering what they were gonna do with it because I mean the the first book is uh, let's say a lot happens in it, and then I was like, oh, they're stopping right here. Okay, that makes sense. I guess <laughs> it just seemed yeah, kind of like it seemed like the first. It seemed like a TV show. My question is like, how do they make the second one a full movie? Like, I don't, I don't see it. But maybe yeah, I'm... they cut so much out of the first one, they can add it. You know, they can. Oh, they can just like retrofit it, it back they can, in. They can draw out. They're gonna. Have, they yeah. didn't introduce you know Fade Ralph in this. They're gonna. They can have a whole hour of just like his training montage or something. All right. Well, Greg, who's your Fade Ralph of fan casting? Because Alex asked me, I was like, I was like, I don't care. <laughs> so... I'm really bad with like. I, I never picture actors when I'm reading stuff, unless I saw like the movie or the TV show first. Like, I don't. I don't have a person. Fair enough. Bring back Sting. I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah. For for Mallory and Joe Robinson, they were talking about Barry Keoghan. I don't know who that is. He was, he was in Dunkirk. Oh, I think I know who you're talking about. Okay. Uh, yeah. Green Knight as well. Yeah, he's a very odd-looking face. Perfect. <laughs> for the genetic destiny for, of man. the... Uh... Harkonnen slash Atreides thing. I just hope they have uh, be- uh, Count Fenring. <laughs> if they cut Count Fenring, I will be very angry. And Margot too. Well, my theory is that we actually saw Fenring in the. He was the guy who had like one scene. He was going like. Rum, 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 well, we haven't seen it, so I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, but. sorry. We'll see it. Anyway, I yeah. think, but he was in the background. Well, anyway, let me know what you think. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was just happy that it wasn't like awful, you know, because I was looking forward to it for so long. But yeah. it wasn't. It's, I don't think it's the kind of movie that I'm going to be like, oh, I'm going to watch this all the time. But I was just, I'm glad that they did it. For me, it was more the, like the world, like they did the world good, the technology, yeah, yeah. the spaceship. But like everything was so condensed, it, it's not going to stand up the way it is in the movie. Even, I mean, in the book, even though no. it's going to be two movies. I mean, I think that's yeah. what you have to nail. Like for this, for a movie of Dune, it has to just be a spectacle, basically. Right, right? visual appeal. Yeah. So. I think that's good. The one thing I hate from all the trailers I've seen is that 
I think the Sardaukar armor is like the most generic video gamey space marine black armor with I've like scales. Yeah. Right. But... In my head, in my head, they're just like they're sci-fi Janissaries. So they should have like a, a weird hat. Tur- yeah, Turkish. <laughs> they did that in the sci-fi series, and they looked silly. So in this one, honestly, the Sardaukar are one of my favorite parts of the movie. I mean, they didn't put them in Harkonnen livery, but that's because it's a movie and you needed to differentiate them. But I, I thought they did. Once you, we'll see what you think. But I thought they did it very well. Okay, I think you're right. Not like fundamentally, not like, they're not that cool looking, but they're their own thing. And like, it's. I thought it was. I thought it was good. I think that I was the principle of like not wanting it to be weird, like the Lynch movie and stuff, is definitely what motivated that. I was curious how they were going to do all like his inner thoughts and stuff. And it looks like they're just going to do flashes to it. Oh, like the prescient, the, yeah, the visions and stuff? Not yeah, just the visions, but like his inner... You can't really uh, do that in a no, movie. There's not, there's not nearly as much whispering in this as there is. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of whispering, I, but it's not like monologues of whispering. I agree with uh, you, Brett, that that feels important to like Paul as a character. Like That's kind of where we see everything his but development is in his own head yeah but you can't you can't do that in a movie like you can't like have narration I, I know, like how you that's what i was curious how they were gonna yeah. do that and it looks like they're just like oh we'll just do visions and then that'll be that's the weakest part of the movie for me was the way they because like the depression the, the visions and, and his whatever journey is so important it's but it's all in his head so it's tough to do it on the screen but i they could have done more of it but at the same time it's not the best parts of the movie it's like what's happening now because even i was confused after like <laughs> Hold a minute. What is what is this? And then it's like, oh, okay, I get it. So, you know everything. Is, That's impressive. Don't know everything. Just the first five books or six books. <laughs> what's your What's your Dune? All what's, of, I've been watching all these YouTube reviews. They're all talking about like this and that, and, and I literally shout out, "That's not canon. That's not canon. That's not canon." <laughs> That's not, That's not canon. <laughs> if he didn't write, Frank that, didn't write that shit. Yeah. Have you? How much of it have you read, Brent? Out of curiosity. Of Dune. Yeah just the first book yeah me too i just read the first book multiple times i haven't read it past i i read it no i me too i read it once and i was this is a long time ago and i was not impressed with it at all and when i say a long time ago i mean like six years ago it wasn't like 20 years ago and i was not impressed with it at all and then you know talk about the movie and greg's always talking it up it's like i'll give it another shot and i listened to it and i was like okay i kind of get it and it's like you are with these books greg i just i listen to it and then it's gone like, like i i remember nothing we watched the movie and then it starts to come back in pieces but it was just like oh yeah she's like a benny jesuit witch of some kind it means something and they have some kind of like prediction about the future and he's some shit somehow happened. it has to do with that i was trying to explain it to my wife and she was just like yeah none of this is making sense i was like it's probably because i'm bad at this <laughs> just call greg he'll explain it all right guys it was fun hope you guys yes. have good times in your future vaguely yeah <laughs> all right talk to you later all right see you bye bye